with the first pick in the NFL draft. my turn for the mock draft i'm significantly less stressed than zach is for valid reasons but i got a, i got a team in the top 10 too that's looking at a quarterback so uh, i'm really curious to see how it turns out it would be cruel fate if we ended up with mac jones but um uh i, I guess i would deserve that in some respect so uh zach how do you feel now 45 minutes later after i asked you the first time <laughs> Yeah, still exhausted. Uh, we're recording this during the Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch presser. Uh, obviously, they're not saying much of anything. They're saying they're not going to tell anybody anything. And yeah, it's. I need Thursday to just get here already. <laughs> yeah, me too. At this rate, I'm ready to see it. I'm, I'm I'm all here for all the speculation. I usually have a little bit more fun with that. But uh, once we get to about Monday and Tuesday. Last few days just get a little long, so uh, it's like the preseason of the draft. You know, we we know what to expect. Let's just get to the real thing at this rate. Either which way, I got a mock draft. If you guys didn't see Zach's, we just went through his, see what his thoughts and opinions were on how the first round's going to go. You can also see his mock draft on the 49ers hub. We're going to do my turn now. We're going to go four picks at a time. Zach will tell me what he thought was interesting or wrong or where he disagrees or agrees. So. Uh, We'll just get started at the top of the draft. We're going to go in groups of four. Jacksonville is going to go Trevor Lawrence, and the New York Jets are going to go Zach Wilson, and I'm pretty confident in those two things. I'm not doing this to hurt you. I had Justin Fields written in this spot for the last three days. I convinced myself of it. I'm going to go with Mac Jones to San Francisco. Even in my heart right now, I want to make this pick Trey Lance. I, I just have enough – in my mind, there's enough uh, validation that I think Kyle Shanahan's going to get his way. And uh, just based off his quarterback history over the last decade, I think he's going to be willing to uh, pull this trigger. I'm going to go with what I'm hearing and kind of what I think. I hope for your sake it's Justin Fields. In my heart, I could still see Trey Lance making a ton of sense. I'm going to go with what I think makes the most sense in my head right now, and that's Mac Jones. Well, maybe not the most sense, but um, what I've put together – and then at, at four, I'm going to go Atlanta going Kyle Pitts. I want them to go Trey Lance as well. I, there's a lot of teams I think that Trey Lance would be perfect for. I think Atlanta would be one of them. I don't know how much longer Julio has. Uh, it came out yesterday, which was really good timing for me, that Julio Jones might be the subject of trade speculation after the post-June June 1st, uh, however the cap space works with that. Fact of the matter is Julio hasn't been significantly reliable over the last year or two. I still think he has some in the tank, but I don't know if we want to rely on him to be a true X number one at these days. Kyle Pitts has some similarities despite being a tight end. I think he can come in even if they don't trade Julio or if, especially if they do. I think he can give him that elite third option. I think he can become that elite second option and potentially even the first over Calvin Ridley by years two or three. So I think this is kind of a long term move and I think it can help him win now as well. Yeah, I we we've talked off the pod about uh, my thoughts about there being a misconception that uh, Mac Jones is the type of quarterback that Kyle Shanahan would want if given the choice. Um, I, I don't think he's had a ton of choice of a ton of different options. Every other spot that he's been, he's kind of inherited guys and gotten into good positions with those inherited guys. Um, this is the first time he's been given the 
true reins to select who he wants as the quarterback here at number three. So I'm not going to say it's not McCorkle. Uh, I'm going to call him McCorkle whenever he is referenced near the 49ers pick. Um, So I, I really hope it's not McCorkle. I can't say with certainty that it is not McCorkle. So I think that that's a valid way to go here. And then, yeah, I, I do like Kyle Pitts as an option in that Atlanta offense if they do decide they want to give it one more shot, fully investing into Matt Ryan. Uh, you know, I think Kyle Pitts would do really well there in that type of offense, um, you know, especially seeing Arthur Smith coming from an offense where they really use Delaney Walker and Jonu Smith very well. Um, so get him in there with Arthur Smith, and I think that's going to be a solid pairing. Yeah, I do love the Arthur Smith pick. I, I really want to give him a quarterback. I do think Kyle Pitts is a talent worth going forth overall, even at tight end. So I don't struggle too much with it. One of the picks I'm most confident is five Cincinnati Bengals going Jamar Chase. The big three that they seem to want to go with in order is Jamar Chase, uh, Kyle Pitts, Penny Sewell. I personally think the best thing for them would to do the exact opposite and go Sewell, then Pitts, and then Chase if they have to. Uh, not that I don't dislike Chase. Uh, I think Chase is a phenomenal prospect. I don't think this is necessarily a bad pick. I keep going back to the fact that their general manager is also their team president and owner, Mike Brown, and he has historically had a, uh, a history of being greedy. And in this case, I think Jamar Chase is going to come in right away. I already have the rap report with Joe Burrow. And uh, add to an explosive offense. Again, he's an excellent prospect and is going to be really good there. But at the end of the day, I don't think Mike Jones is going to be able to pass on selling the jersey number one with the new uniforms uh, pretty much from day one. I think that's going to make them millions. And Penny Sewell is not going to provide that. And Kyle Pitts is there. So it's it's the talent is worth going fifth overall i'm not going to argue against that i just think uh there's a little bit more responsible ways to go about team building but we'll give them jamar chase as an excellent prospect reuniting with joe burrow anyway at six uh you said that uh projecting projecting trades becomes difficult in mock drafts i agree i think projecting trades is a fool's errand and i'm all here for it i'm here for the full uh everything of it ultimately there are going to be trades it's going to be harder to project. I had this spot being traded up anyway with Denver and Miami swapping spots. I had them going Trey Lance. In my heart, I still want Trey Lance. But I think in this case, they take Justin Fields. I do think that kind of fits with the Pat Shermer offense. They have plenty of weapons to uh, accommodate him early. And he's going to have to beat out Drew Locke, which means he might not get the spot right away. I think by halfway through the season at latest, he'd probably earn that spot. Just something to say that he has some competition, which is always healthy for a rookie. And uh, in Miami's case, I think they are. I read a report that they're looking at a short hop back. Obviously, they traded back up, so I think they're pretty confident that they want one of the guys they feel will be in the top ten. I think they're confident that they're going to get him. Remember, they started the draft at number three, and uh, I have to believe that they scouted pretty much all these top talents very in depthly. And I think they're pretty confident in how the draft's going to go. So I don't think they're going to trade back significantly to like a New England or Washington or Chicago spot because they still want one of those elite talents because they have so much draft stock later already. But uh, I think a short hop back to number nine works really well for them where they can regain resources once again. And then at seven, I do have a team that's willing to jump back a lot. I got Washington trading up with Detroit so they could get Trey Lance, the fifth quarterback off the board. I think he would be in a good spot to learn from Ryan Fitzpatrick. They, I'm not going to say they have similar play styles, but uh, I think they uh, 
have enough similarities and enough opposites where uh, Trey Lance could really learn from a journeyman like Ryan Fitzpatrick. And quite frankly, wherever Ryan Fitzpatrick goes lately, a first-round quarterback tends to follow to be the future. But at the same time, Trey Lance has so little playing time and not a ton of uh, passing reps that uh, a year off is going to be really good for him. And Fitzpatrick can get a full run that they probably guaranteed him beforehand. Maybe they didn't. Maybe he knows better at this rate. Either way, Washington has an excellent roster. I think it's one of the best in the league, and I think they need the final piece. So they don't mind trading up all the way from, I believe, 19 to 7. And Detroit, starting a long rebuild, does not mind adding a bunch of draft stock when they think they can get a talent at 19 as well. And then finally at 8, Penny Sewell is going to fall to Carolina. Carolina is going to want to look at trading back, too, now that they got Sam Darnold. They might be willing to— uh, trade up for a quarterback still if the guy they like is there they very well might be aggressive for that but um at this rate i think they're going to have to kind of keep their draft stock try to build around their future quarterback be it sam darnold be it a quarterback next year and penny sewell is a perfect spot for on that carolina offensive line outside of right tackle is barren and penny sewell is the best offensive tackle prospect so they sit pretty and get rewarded for it yeah, I, I mentioned in in mind that you know Miami and Detroit are both candidates for trading back uh, if something were to happen like this. So I, I definitely think if you were going to project trades, uh, those two are are probably a sweet spot for doing so. And I did have Carolina going with Slater instead of uh, Sewell, but that's because I had Sewell off the board already. I, I love that. Uh, that thought process of trying to solidify the offensive line for the Panthers uh, by bringing in Penny Sewell. Yeah, that's, there's only going to benefit from that. Christian McCaffrey, whoever your quarterback is, I think they're going to want to add a third pass catcher somewhere, but I think they'll be able to do that pretty easily at the top of the second. So uh, get the best player there. Number nine, Miami hot back with Denver. They're going to get the guy I think they've wanted the whole time in Devonta Smith. Some teams are going to overthink him, and I think it's almost valid to do so. You can't have a conversation about Devontae Smith without bringing up his weight. But I think in the right situation, he'll be able to put on a little bit. And I think at the end of the day, the traits are just too great. So once again, just like the Bengals did, the Dolphins are going to reunite their college quarterback with their college wide receiver. Again, they were pretty confident in hopping back because they knew that they could either get a Sewell, maybe a Slater if they absolutely had to. But one of the big three were likely going to be there for them. And if five quarterbacks go, it's going to make that mighty easy to do uh in this case i only have oh yeah i have all five so uh smart smart plays by uh manipulating the draft board by miami uh at 10 you went jc horn with the to the dallas pick i got patrick sertan uh i think they could go either way i've grown to love jc horn more throughout this process i'll be moving him up in my rankings at the end of the day i think at the what i want to do with dallas is I want the safest bet. I think that's what Sertan is. I don't necessarily think he has a low ceiling, definitely not a horn ceiling, but he definitely isn't really lacking there. I think he's just going to be so good right away. And if you're Dallas, you just gave Dak Prescott a lot of money. The winning side is going to be on the offense. I think you want someone that you can plug and plug and play and uh, get a little production out of right away. So that's why I went with Sertan uh, at 11. This Giants pick is hard. I wanted to give them Micah Parsons. I want to give them J.C. Horn. I want to give them Rashawn Slater. I want to give them Quiddy Pay. I want to give them Jalen Waddle. Each of those guys I think are very valid. This is one of the harder picks to make. I ended up going with Micah Parsons because I think the talent is a little bit better there than what their next biggest need is would be in Quiddy Pay. 
Uh, I think it's going to be a development either way, but I think Joe Judge is going to be that right head coach to hopefully get Micah Parsons in line with those character issues. I also think he can add a little pass rush right away. They also have an incredible defensive line, uh, defensive tackle group that's going to keep Micah Parsons clean early on and let him really utilize his full athletic skill set to just chase and run and be disruptive. So I think that fit just works really well. Dave Gettleman does have a history of drafting linebackers pretty high. It turns out that he drafted like four at the end of last draft, which I wasn't aware of, but Micah Parsons is going to be a talent that I think he could fall in love with. Uh, 12, Philadelphia. They hop back with Miami that first time. Another team that I think could just go anywhere because they either have a hole at that spot or they're just really old. It seems like they're going to go all in on one more season, see if give Jalen Hurts can uh, give a full run and see if they can give him anything, see if they have a quarterback to rebuild behind before they blow it up. So ultimately, I'm going to go with Rashawn Slater. You can't really rely on Jason Peters. They don't seem to be uh, too pleased with what Andre Dillard is has done so far as a former first-round pick. The right side is still... Uh, Pretty well set up if they can stay healthy. Again, they're just old. So Rashawn Slater is going to give him some youth. He can start a left tackle. He can start left guard. You can even move him to right tackle if you need to do that. He's ultimately going to give him some versatility and instant impact and also be a really good player for a long time. And then at 13, I totally agree that the Chargers are probably going to be aggressive for an offensive lineman. In this case, they miss out on the first two. They could go Christian Derisaw very, very easily here. I really like that fit. I think they got to stick true to what the board is probably looking at, and their secondary dried up pretty quickly after this past season. So I got them going J.C. Horn. Uh, Horn is excellent. I think there's a top two cornerbacks, and then there's a small drop-off. Horn's going to go in there, be aggressive, be super athletic. Chris Harris Jr. is 32 at this point. You don't want to rely on Michael Davis to uh, really – hold down number ones jc horn has that potential to do so pretty early get him get derwin james have a nice young secondary combo that you can start building around and uh ultimately just take the best player available yeah not too much to really argue with here in those five picks uh, you got uh Devontae smith you know same uh same type of position that i went with for uh, and even same school, just the the other Alabama receiver yeah. there, uh, and then similarly with Dallas, same position. We both agree that they need secondary help. That they're going to be looking to kind of shore that up with their first pick. Uh, you went Sertan, went and I went with Horn. Not anything too crazy there. Uh, Micah Parsons is an interesting one for the Giants because I can't remember the last time the. Giants had a linebacker that actually inspired fear into anybody. Uh, <laughs> so get, giving them Micah Parsons, I think, is uh, it's a pretty different move, I think. And, and I, but I like it. Um, and then Philadelphia with Rayshon Slater, the tackles that they had are getting old. That uh, they, they will need to be replaced, and getting Slater in there, I like it. And then yeah, J.C. Horn, um, the secondary for. The Chargers has uh, fallen from grace a little bit um, from a couple of years ago when they were pretty strong. So getting Horn there at 13, I I like that for them. I got into a groove there. I didn't realize I just had five. Just list off five of them and one over. Uh, uh, you're good. Yeah, Michael Parsons would be interesting and new to the Giants. Picking a linebacker like this would not be interesting and new to Dave Gettleman. I've actually been studying him a little bit. He's a very wild general manager, but uh, I think it just fills the biggest hole for them and gives them a little bit extra. Um, Christian Derisaw is not going to fall too far. I got him going 14 to Minnesota. Uh, this is the as long as you get a top four offensive tackle in my mind, you're going to be really well set early on and potentially get elite potential. Um, 
Christian Darisaw, you just got to check the mentals. It's not on a red flag type of way. You just got to make sure that he's locked in and willing to uh, compete when it matters because he had some uh, – he took some uh, games off, some plays off, but otherwise he was absolutely dominant and he fits everything that Minnesota wants to do. He can get downfield really easily. He can block off the line of scrimmage and he has plenty of pass protection, not even the upside. He's going to be able to pass protect pretty decently early on with length and strength and quick feet. So you're going to be protecting Kirk Cousins. You're going to be making run lanes for Dalvin Cook. To me, that's how the Minnesota Vikings add the most wins in 2021. New England is going to be the beneficiary of a, a wide receiver falling. I got them going Jalen Watt. Uh, for the most part, New England has had some troubles drafting uh, wide receivers. I think Waddle is going to be extraordinarily explosive. I think you can use him in a lot of ways. Julian Edelman just retired, so there's some uh, snaps opening up. Uh, Nikhil Harry isn't good. There's some snaps opening up. They did add two tight ends. I think they're going to need someone dynamic on the outside. Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne are fine, I don't think they're going to be a Jalen Waddle talent. He can really open up everything for them. I think if uh, Bill Belichick calls up Nick Saban, they're pretty close. And Nick Saban says, yeah, Jalen Waddle's the big deal. If he somehow gets to you, uh, don't even think twice. And New England's going to say, Bill Belichick's going to say, okay. If they can't trade up for a quarterback, they might very well do that. But uh, I don't think they'll overspend if they think they're going to get outbid. And in which case, Washington is a team I think would overspend to uh, get into the top 10. So... That's them. And then one of my favorite picks, I got Quiddy Pay going to Arizona. I do think Quiddy Pay is going to go pretty high. I think the cornerbacks might go first. There's obviously a ton of offensive talent and quarterbacks that are going to go. So he's going to fall a little bit just because this edge class isn't as good. But I really like Quiddy Pay in Arizona. I think this fits right around the area. I think he'll go maybe a little bit late, maybe a little bit earlier. I'm not too sure yet, but I still think he's a surefire first round pick. One of my favorite players. He's still pretty raw. He's still fairly new to the sport. He's still learning how to do some of the uh, – Technique stuff, some of the pass rush moves, learning counters, seeing the game quick. Uh, and Arizona has a beautiful pair of duos of a beautiful pair of edge rushers there in Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt, who are two technicians who are going to be able to teach him and get him to his highest potential. At the same time, Chandler Jones is coming off of a major injury. J.J. Watt has a history of being injured over the last few years. Quiddy Pay is going to be able to take some snaps off of them early on, give them a really nice trio of edge rushers. Uh, and those two are going to be able to teach up Quiddy Pay and make sure that Arizona set up an edge rusher for a while. Yeah, that's a, again, you know, same position that I went with for Minnesota. Uh, Darisol was unavailable when I selected for them, but I, I do think that that is a really nice selection there. And Jalen Waddle would be an interesting fit in New England. You know, like you said, they invested quite a bit into the wide receiver position uh, this offseason, but nobody that really stands out as somebody that you need to account for on defense. Uh, I think Jalen Waddle certainly could be that guy. So giving him to uh, McDaniels there in uh, in New England, I think that that's a that's going to be a really helpful tool for doing the trying to have some semblance of an offense this year. And then Quiddy pay uh, to Arizona. I think that's kind of a luxury pick, uh, but it, it's one that is, could be necessary. You know, Chandler Jones is getting a little up there in age and JJ Watt has had some injury troubles as of late. Uh, so getting a guy who could, you know, not only fill in if they're injured, but also kind of like the NBA, you know, give them a little bit of time off every once in a while, uh, you know, limit their snaps for, you know, in certain games and stuff by letting Quiddy Pay go in there and hopefully not have too much of a production dip there. I think that's a really nice way to round out that defensive line in Arizona. 
Yeah, I wanted to give him a cornerback, too, or an offensive lineman. Uh, the way the board falls, I think uh, Pay might just be the talent there, especially with Horn gone. If Sertan or Horn fell, uh, you know, run, on, run in the card. But uh, I'm not positive J.J. Watt can play a full 17 games, and even Chandler Jones might be a question at this rate. So it is bordering on luxury. I think it's a little bit more long-term. At 17, I got the Las Vegas Raiders going with Tevin Jenkins. Makes me want to die, um, but it's an excellent fit. I'm not even going to keep talking about it. Uh, 18, same pick as you. Miami edge rusher Jalen Phillips is going to stay in Miami when you have that second-round pick. I think it allows you to kind of take more of a risk. I think Jalen Phillips would potentially go even top 10 if it weren't for the injury history, but there is a very real injury history that you have to consider. In Miami's case, they already got elite wide receivers, and they traded back and they got more draft stock. Why not take the most talented edge rusher in the class, keep him home, see if you can get him healthy and right. If you can, it's going to pay off dividends in a very well put organization at the moment. I like what they're doing a lot. Detroit traded all the way back with Washington and they added a lot of draft stock from that. I don't know what the payment exactly would be, but if you're going from 19 to seven for a quarterback, I'm going to say they uh, cashed in quite well. So uh, start with some, a long-term piece, the offensive lineman that I value highly kind of dried up. I think their offensive line is okay. Not great. They could benefit from that. Maybe go there in the second or third round. Go with that way in the first if you really like a guy. Their wide receiving department is one of the worst position groups in the league right now. Rashad Perriman, Tyrell Williams. Uh, I think their slot receiver is Khalif Raymond. Um, if you're going to pretend to give Jared Goff a chance, get them a wide receiver. I got them going Rashad Bateman. Even if you don't want to pretend to give Jared Goff a chance, you're going to want a receiver there long term if you plan on going quarterback next year or the year after or even just plan on being competitive eventually. Uh, it sucks that they're just going to miss out on Jalen uh, Waddle, but I don't – and, you know, Bateman's not part of the big three. I think he's a clear number four, so I think they'd be fine with that. And at 20, Chicago is a team I have a lot – I struggled a lot with. This is probably the hardest pick I had to make. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know if they want to trade up for a quarterback. I gave them Elijah Vera Tucker. Uh, I think they need to shore up that interior offensive line. I think you could play tackle in a pinch if you really needed to, and you could even try him there if you're a Chicago team and just want to see how that works out. So he gives them some versatility. I ultimately think he's going to be able to contribute pretty much right away, shore up a really bad offensive line in Chicago, and uh, be a piece of maybe the Russell Wilson warming party uh, next year. Uh, maybe he can convince them that their offensive line's a little bit better. He likes the spot already, so... Well, I, I, let's go back to that number 17 pick. You're making me sit through McCorkle Jones to San Francisco. So let, let's talk a little bit more about Tevin <laughs> Jenkins going to the Raiders. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I absolutely love that pick there for them. You know, he's going to be plug and play on that right side. You know, the Raiders have fallen a little bit out of love with Trent Brown on the right side there. So they really could use a player like Tevin Jenkins, having that old school nasty mentality, like you mentioned, uh, with going to John Gruden. I <laughs> this think isn't that, a discussion. You're just yelling at me. <laughs> I think that is such a perfect perfect fit there that if if he's still on the board for the Raiders they need to run that card up and really really get Tevin Jenkins in black and silver so he can go against the Broncos twice a year uh and then I like the other ones too you know obviously like Jalen Phillips to Miami and then uh Rashad Bateman going in and replacing uh Kenny Galladay who uh I I guess in uh giving 
the Giants, uh, Jamar Chase, I did kind of forget that they signed Kenny Galladay this offseason, but I, I think that that could still be fine, having the two of them together. Uh, you know, get R- Rashad Bateman in there to replace Kenny Galladay with Detroit, and Marvin Jones is off the team as well, so they really could use help in that spot. Uh, and then Elijah Vera Tucker to Chicago, you're absolutely right that uh, they might need to do some convincing for Russell Wilson, and that could be the... Uh, that that could be the help to you know if they're able to keep Andy Dalton protected this season with Elijah Vera Tucker, I think that that could be what it takes to lure him away. Yeah, I wouldn't even stress the uh, Giants thing with Jamar Chase, just like Dallas last year. If that kind of talent falls to you, uh, you just kind of got to take it, uh, even if they're kind of similar. You know, I know Giants fans would be completely happy with Jalen Waddle. Uh, because he fits a little bit better, but if Jamar Chase somehow falls to eleven, and I'm the Giants it becomes a much much harder decision i wouldn't just write that off at all but i do like it's it's it pains me so you guys know that i'm i'm mocking this with um with complete sincerity i do think tevin jenkins is an excellent fit in las vegas they don't have a right tackle anymore uh they really do like to run the ball they play about as old school of a game as you can get uh i think they have enough invested into the secondary in terms of draft stock and the talent doesn't quite match up where they could spend on that again uh, I mean, they very well could, but I think Tevin Jenkins uh, it would just be a lot higher on the board than any defender at this point with a lot less question than, say, Caleb Farley. So he would be a plug and play. He fits what they would do, uh, and it would hurt me very greatly. Uh, okay, so back to 21. I got the Colts going Liam Eikenberg at a Notre Dame. Kind of a plug and play spot there. I mean, uh, he's going to go uh, right next to Quentin Nelson, also out of Notre Dame. I also thought Cosme would fit here perfectly. I think they'll take the safer bet because that's the vibe I get from Indianapolis and everything they do. Uh, I got Kadarius Tony going to uh, Tennessee. They got a new offensive coordinator now. They lost a bunch of their uh, uh, receptions last year in John New Smith and uh, Corey Davis, so they're going to want to replace that. I think Tony's going to act as kind of a nice little compliment to A.J. Brown. They're both going to give you plenty of run after the catch. Tony's going to do it in a much faster way, so I think that could work out. you got to give Tannehill something to work with there except for, uh, you know, the giant run game that they have going on. But give, give, give them another weapon. they got to replace some receivers there. Uh, the Jets, I'm going to have them doing essentially the same thing the Dolphins did. I'm going to have them going Caleb Farley. Again, I think the talent's just too good to pass on. The Jets desperately need some defenders. And uh, they're playing for the long term anyway. So if Caleb Farley doesn't get a ton of snaps this year, just guaranteeing he gets right, maybe redshirt him, uh, just get him through the technique as well, uh, I think they're going to be more all in next year anyway. So, uh the talent's just too good to pass on there. And then Steelers, you uh, had this pick as well. Najee Harris, I wrestled with a couple offensive tackles, caused me. I thought even maybe Landon Dickerson would be worth the risk here. Uh, ultimately, yeah, the Steelers kind of play an old-school game as well. I wouldn't be surprised if they thought they could bring in a running back and he would solve some of the offensive issues they have. Yeah, the the Liam Eikenberg pick is uh, especially interesting just given that uh, – you know, kind of the strength of that Indianapolis team is its offensive line, but also you work on your strengths and you make your strengths, you know, a top unit. And they there is enough room to improve on there that Liam Eichenberg could conceivably be the pick. So I like that there. Uh, you know, with Tennessee losing out on Corey Davis, I think getting another playmaker in there. Oh, and they lost out on uh, Janu Smith, too. Yeah. So bringing in another playmaker like Kadarius Tony, I think makes a whole lot of sense. 
And then Robert Sala, you know, they, they gave him the quarterback with the first pick in Zach Wilson. And now uh, give your head coach a little treat in a shutdown corner like Caleb Farley if he can stay healthy. So, And then obviously I, I like Najee Harris since I had him going there as well. So I, I think that's a really solid set of four picks there that makes a whole lot of sense. All right, Jacksonville got their Los Angeles pick. They're going to eventually replace that uh, Jalen Ramsey secondary kind of impact with Jeremiah Osuakoromora. Uh, and obviously not a cornerback, but I think they're dying at safety right now, and I think Koromora could probably fit into that role a little bit. I think he'll play down in the box some too, but I think he'll ultimately kind of fill in this Jeremy Chin role where uh, you can move him around, just get some speed kind of on the back end. I got Cleveland going Aziz Ojolari. They uh, kind of strengthened up their edge rush last year. I think they've been looking for someone across from Miles Garrett for some time now. They added Jadavian Clowney. Obviously, you're going to want someone with a little bit more long-term pass rush impact. I do like the Clowney signing a lot. Uh, he's I, he's so overrated to this point that he's underrated. He's still a really good player, but he is an injury risk, so I think getting another trio of edge rushers there would fit. I got the Baltimore Ravens going Sam Cosme at 27. Uh, I struggled with what they're going to do with their two picks here, too. I know the positions they want to kind of go with. I ultimately went Cosme here because I think he fits what they do really well. I think he can be a bulldozer in the run game. And I think if any team can mask what his what is wrong with his pass uh, protection and his uh, footwork, it's going to be the Baltimore Ravens who run the ball a ton with Lamar Jackson who runs the ball a ton and can get out of a pinch in any case. So uh, you're going to be able to switch him sides rebuild him from the ground up even if you can't i think he can thrive here more than anywhere else and then at 28 i got the new orleans saints going greg newsom that's just a best player available pick they're not dying at cornerback with marshawn Lattimore there but they are lacking a little bit at depth this has been a team that's been known to take talent i wouldn't be surprised if they went quarterback either but uh i think they might give Taysom hill a full run maybe jason uh james winston a full run at this rate greg newsom is a bit of a risk but i think he's worth the talent at 28 and the Saints cash in on a value there. You're doing a really good job of, you know, turning strengths on these teams into even bigger strengths. You know, you got that kind of jackknife do-it-all weapon in Miles Jack already there in Jacksonville. So just, you know, make that kind of a positionless defense almost with JOK going there to Jacksonville. I think that the uh, ability to do a lot of interesting things with that linebacker group is, you know, a really tantalizing thing. Um, similarly with Cleveland and Aziz Ojolari, when you pair him up with Jadavion Clowney and Miles Garrett already there in Cleveland, that's a that's going to be a pass rush that can come at you consistently all game. It's not just two guys now that you have to worry about. It's all three. Uh, and then Baltimore is in need of that offensive line help with the trade of Orlando Brown, uh, Sam Cosme being one of the best available on the board. I like it. And then I really like Greg Newsom. I think that he's going to have a really strong career. So putting him already opposite Marshawn Lattimore, uh, it's going to be tough to throw on New Orleans if that's the case, which could be helpful given that they're probably not going to be scoring, excuse me, scoring quite as many points this year as they did last year. Yeah, uh, to me, the first round, especially the draft, is a place to uh, take the best player, the best talent available. There's some teams that uh, definitely 
will draft strictly need or heavily need and everyone takes need within reason at best player available but um i try to take those teams into account once we get to the back half here i'm looking to add talent and uh all these players all these teams had at least some question at the position but yeah i do think they get stronger uh bringing up final four i uh we again we had mostly the same positions here green bay is going to go jamming jamin davis Love that guy. You had him going linebacker as well. I could see them going Zayvon Collins as well, but I like the upside. That's kind of what the Packers have been doing the last few years with Rashawn Gary picks, with Jerry Alexander picks. They take these good athletes, uh, mold them into good players over time. Uh, he can center that defense for the long term. Buffalo is going to go edge Jason Owe, someone I'm also getting a little bit higher on. We kind of have the same rationale there. They're going to get a super athletic edge rusher. Hopefully they can develop into a really good pass rusher within the next couple of years. But again, they also like their athletic high upside guys. Owe is as athletic and upside as you can get. Baltimore with their second pick. Again, I wanted to give them Terrence Marshall. I had that written on this pick for a while there. I ended up changing my mind to Zayvon Collins because it didn't feel good leaving him out of the first round. I could see Terrence Marshall falling out a little bit easier Collins is going to give them a little bit of positional versatility they kind of have an old front seven they don't have the best edge rush right now they also don't have a linebacker across from Patrick Queen who the jury's still out on I think Collins is going to be able to cross train in a couple of different spots here for Baltimore and ultimately help them out and uh, cover a little bit cover some positions and get younger at the front seven Tampa Bay at the final pick I would have traded out except I just didn't know who would trade up. And I think Dylan Reduns is a really good value for them here. I think their weakness is on the tackle. If there is going to be a weakness in Donovan Smith, Dylan Reduns can come in. Smith can start you for a few games. He can start you for most of the season if Reduns needs some time. Otherwise, I think he's going to be able to come in and be really good. I had them going Landon Dickerson right away. Turns out Alex Kappa was a tiny bit better than I thought. I think he's still replaceable, but, uh, I think uh, Donovan Smith is the weaker player here. So if you're deciding between Landon Dickerson and Reduns, the talent is obvious in one spot. The sure bet thing is obvious in another. Reduns doesn't quite have the injury history that Dickerson has. Makes it a little bit easier to go with the upside guy. Yeah, and with uh, I believe Donovan Smith was just resigned for a very short-term deal. So having the tackle here, you know, especially if Brady decides to play more than just one more season. Uh, I, I think that having Redunz in there to step in for Donovan Smith whenever the Buccaneers feel like he's ready, I think that that's a really solid option that they have. Uh, linebackers for Green Bay and Baltimore can't really argue with that. And, you know, we kind of had the same idea with Buffalo, trying to get them a really athletic guy on the edge. You gave them Jay Snowway, and I can't really fault that too much I, I really like Oway as a prospect uh, I kind of hope he falls to 43 for San Francisco in the second round but sure <laughs> I think there's a really good chance that he's not going to because his pro day was just something else um, so I, I can't really be too upset that he would go to Buffalo in a spot that you know I, I think that makes a whole lot of sense for him uh, but let's give you the same question that you asked me for uh for my mock, what, after the top five, what are the picks that you feel, you know, really happy and confident in? Yeah, so unfortunately, one of them is going to be the Raiders going Tevin Jenkins. I just think that 
the consensus, I, I'm hearing that the tackles are going to be pretty team-to-team uh, team in which order they're in. I think he's going to probably be consensus offensive tackle four on most boards. So I think he'll fall to a spot that uh, could really use him in Las Vegas and uh, that will just really like him and uh, their fit. Again, Quiddy Pay, I think, is going to be someone that's going to learn excellently behind two technicians and masters of the position and it'd be also be able to take snaps right away. Uh I think Justin Fields shockingly fits the Pat Shermer offense more than the other quarterbacks. I would still prefer Trey Lance myself, but uh, when you got so many good weapons, I'm pretty con- confident that uh, Denver won't ruin a quarterback, so uh, be aggressive if he just happens to fall. Penny Sewell is excellent for Carolina. Um, I have a lot of trouble with the Chicago pick. I don't know which way they're going to go. I think J.C. Horn makes the Chargers defensive secondary pretty dynamic with Derwin James. It's still going to be pretty thin going forward, but I think him at number one and Derwin James on number two is going to provide them just a ton of versatility, speed, and aggression, and I love that for them. And then at the end of the day, I think either Miami taking Jalen Phillips and the Jets taking Caleb Farley are bets worth taking for those teams with second first-round picks and long-term outlooks on their current roster. Just get the best talent you can. Hope you can figure out the issue and uh, don't stress too much about it. Yeah, you know, I certainly agree that Tevin Jenkins especially is a great, great pick there. I'm sure you do. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, you know, I I think that if Justin Fields does happen to fall and make his way to Denver, I think that that's setting Denver up really nicely with the weapons they have, especially with Cortland Sutton coming back from injury this year. Uh, and then you got Noah Fan at tight end, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler. I think all of those guys really would fit well with what Justin Fields' skill set is. So I, I I do agree that those would be a couple of great fits if if they happen to fall that way. All right, guys, that's my mock draft. That's Zach's mock draft. Go listen to his if you haven't. Uh, if you're here, then you just listened to mine. So thanks. This is the penultimate episode of the pre-draft season. We got one more. We're just going to give you our concrete statements. We're going to give you our final thoughts heading into the draft. So if you've been to with us this far, thank you very much. Thank you for Scott for producing, editing, and posting all these episodes. Uh, Scott Young is one of the best producers in the damn business, and we're very grateful for him to make our lives much easier. Thank you, Zach, for being with me all these weeks. We are almost to the end point. We're almost to the end game. It's been two years since that movie came out, and I'm sad that I don't get to watch Avengers after the draft anymore, but it's okay because the draft is awesome. I'm going to be on a stream with Brandon and Dylan of Whole Nine Sports if you guys want to watch the first round with me. Zach is going to be partying it up because uh, he's not a bachelor, but his friends are. And uh, at the week after, we'll tell you what we thought. And uh, join us next week when we can review everything that happened. Join us tomorrow when we tell you what we think is going to happen. Bye.